0: hello everybody and welcome to this edition of significant it is a an, an immense pleasure for me uh, to talk to Christina forbrick today the cancier Christina thank you for being with us again
1: thank you for having me I am just so pleased to be here
0: oh uh, it's it's an Honor talking to you and significant. Uh, our listeners know, or we like to share stories from, from people in different parts of the world and different communities and, uh, talk about, you know, how we came to the plant and what role cannabis plays in our lives and how it's changed us for the better. So if we can get right to it, um, what was your first, uh, contact, if you will, with the cannabis plant? Oh,
1: first contact. <laughs> I remember it very well. Uh, I was 15 and, um, a freshman in high school and my friend, Colleen, who I'm still friends with, um, asked me to go home with her on her bus. I was like, okay, let's go. So we go to her house, there's no parents there, but her brother's there, Shad, sorry, I'm calling him out. (laughs) Um, And he had some weed. And he's like, you guys want to smoke some weed? He's like three, four years older than us. And we were like, whoa, I don't know what's this, you know? And we are like, sure. And so we did. And we listened to delight. We played with her cats, and we had like the best afternoon ever. Nice. And then I remember my mom picking me up, and I going home like, oh my god, I just got high for the first time. Like it was this huge. Like in my mind, I'm thinking I just experienced this huge leap of life. You know, I'm right. like so excited. You know, and I got home and I just remember just feeling really happy about it. <laughs> and then I was like, well, how do I get more of that? You know, And so then, you know, it was more of like a recreational sneak off of campus at high school and go under the bridge and smoke with my friends uh-huh. just just to get high. Um, then I started realizing how much it was helping. Uh, before I'd go to parties, I'd feel, because I would get so anxious about and worried and insecure about what I was wearing and who I would see at the party and what I was going to do when I got there. And I'd sweat my pits out. And I figured I I started, you know, I'd smoke a little pot and I was so much more calm and could like like socialize. So I started to figure that out. And then every month when I have my period, I have horrible cramps and feel like crap. And herb helped. I felt better. So I started realizing like, oh, I don't think I really mentally put it together. Like this is a medicinal herb and a recreational herb. These are two different things. I just kind of was like, it's really aiding my life. And as a teenager, I was in a pretty chaotic household, single mom, who's definitely having trouble. And, um, oldest of you know my my brother and i we were latchkey kids home alone a lot and um it was something that i then kind of shared with my little brother and we also became friends so it and we were like mortal enemies before then and i was like i'm gonna get you high and Uh so in our backyard i got him high and now we are best friends not that we did that life and a lot of stuff happening did that. And we are very close, but I will say that that helped, um, you know, with a, a a kind of rough little relationship and I started to also find that I could also be a really productive person. You know, I had come out of that dare situation. And I remember as a kid, I don't know if you had the same situation but the dare officer brought in a clear box with little compartments oh yeah oh yeah with real drugs in them uh, yes right
0: front and center yeah you yeah, remember that and i was like <laughs> oh my god you
1: know i remember seeing it and there was a little bit of funky ass boof in there weed, and then all of this <laughs> crazy ass illicit drugs like, yeah i can't imagine they would do that now like bring that in no
0: no, oh. I remember looking at that thing and saying, What's the end game here?
1: We- and he was like, Bring it around, showing it. Like, <laughs> I remember this. So, as I was realizing, Oh, it's, I can be productive. I, I, super good grades in high school. I played three sports a year, social, doing all the things, and also smoked weed. But I hid it because a lot of people, Thought it made you dumb. They'd say, like, oh, you're a stoner, yeah. you know, and yeah. they'd give you that kind of like burnout kind of situation look. And, you know, it was still very destigmatized, but or stigmatized rather. Then in 1996, um, I was still in high school and uh, Prop 215 passed okay. in California, which uh, legalized medical marijuana. And I immediately was like, wait okay that makes sense and i remember you know i'm a voracious reader researcher in my essence but also in my training so as a kid i was reading anything i could find which were like weird illicit uh, underground magazines mm-hmm. and i remember learning the name dennis perone and then learning about all these activists who had been at it for a really long time and um And I thought, God, this is really, okay, this is different for me. Like this is a little different. And from that point forward, I definitely um, became more of a citizen scientist about cannabis. And as in my circle of friends and in my family, I kind of became that like de facto weed coach
0: Yeah.
1: because I was a nerd about it, a stone nerd, you know, I was really (laughs) like, I love it. And it's, a healing plant and we grew it in the na- nation when we stole it from the people who lived here. Absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely. it was like, I was, and then reading about prohibition and what happened when alcohol prohibition a- ended and this Anslinger dude being out of a oh. job and having to justify what he was doing and connecting with the pharmaceutical companies and changing the word to marijuana. Like, right this is why i'm a sociologist right also i went to college and i studied sociology and the whole time i was smoking a ton of weed just to be like i'm going to show you motherfuckers that i can do really great things super intellectual and i can still smoke weed it's so cool and so that's kind of how it it was just like a huge passion of mine Um, I guess underground for a while
0: it it obviously spoke to something that was you know that resonated with you I love that I love the groove and uh, the the delight illusion there too that you came home wanting to feel that way again groove was in your heart I take it it really was (laughs) but I I think you bring up something so important and one of the reasons I, I I love uh being able to talk with you today you know you brought up Anslinger and we didn't see that word marijuana before that guy, uh, where we can find the old ads. We can see cannabis oil in old school remedies and whatnot.
1: All pharmacies.
0: Exactly. And then here comes this term marijuana. And anytime we get a term, uh, stoner, pothead or something, once you apply that label, oh, in our culture, we can discount that person's humanity. We can just write them off as that label or that label. I love that, that we have a cannabis educator and an advocate here. Uh, for our listeners to to really gain some insight, you shared something with us uh, via your blog, which I want everyone to go to thecancer.com and 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 check out Christina's work because it's it's incredible. You were talking about the way that you use cannabis as a mom and daily lifestyle. You obviously we've talked before and infused about your the way you work with your clients. I, I wanted to share something from Christina's blog where she wrote: most importantly, cannabis is a tool for social change. For too long black and brown bodies have been incarcerated for the same thing I do regularly in public without an ounce of fear. None period. Zero period. If cannabis uh, can be a tool for social change, Christina, how how do you want to see us wield that? What can we be doing?
1: Oh god. There's so much. Too long. I mean, it <laughs> So as soon as we start to recognize that the simple criminalization of cannabis has led to a, the wealth gap between men and women, but more, more uh, succinctly, it's even worse for black women and brown women. Just the cannabis criminalization alone has been a huge catalyst in making that the way it is today. I mean, I believe white women make 80 cents on the dollar of a, of a white male. And I think black women made like 72 cents. So it's realizing that just the criminalization of that alone has contributed to that huge issue that we are now grappling with as, as we're trying to equitably distribute wealth to our nation. And to, um, you know, I mean, it's a reparative thing too. You know, as we're doing these initiatives in our states, we should be giving uh, people who have been victimized by the war on drugs, which is a war on people, we should be giving those folks first um, first stab at anything okay. they want to be doing. You know, and uh, like the city planning meeting I was in, you know, they were like, well, we got to just shut down all these trap shops. And I said, you could also help them get legal. Yeah. You could also help them get legal, but they aren't hearing that. So there's, um, I mean, like it alone, it will, if, if we do it in a socially equitable way that really says, look, black people are four times as likely to be Incarcerated for a nonviolent cannabis offense than than white person. Like let's just let's just All accept right. this truth. So I think getting to accept the truth is our. I mean that is mm-hmm. a huge problem. I don't know, and I have a lot of cautious optimism because of things like what Dr. Jessica Knox is doing in Oregon for their um, initiative. Um, she j- was just posting, I just saw something about it yesterday. It sounds like something that um, will put uh, Black and Indigenous people of color at the forefront of this industry in um, an equitable and fair way. And it's something that could be scaled to other communities. So, I mean, it's yes. a big deal. It's a big, pro- this, it's actually just another cog in the American capitalist machine but this one has hundreds of medicinal therapeutic uses and it's really it can't be treated the same as alcohol it can't be treated the same as pharmaceuticals and trying to place that template on it is probably never going to work so we have to really change policy and actually after being kind of like shut down in this city planning meeting but then board members are yielding their time back to me and i was like oh oh nice. i do have something to <laughs> say here what it told me is i don't want to be a politician by any stretch but i do want to influence yeah. policy because if we are not baking equity in it's it's just never going to yeah. be good it's just going to continue to be 33 percent taxes and people who have been growing for years are not ever able to get a license because of the regulations and the horrible expense. In I'm always
0: end. amazed, Christina, yeah. people that are, you know, they, it's their role, you know, they, at least they say to legislate. I'm always amazed at how little, uh, they understand about what they're legislating. And it, it gives me pause when we see these new markets that are about to open up and I take, you know, Jersey, cause it's so close yeah. to where I am. Yeah. Um, it just, I have so many concerns that will rush out of the gate without taking care of the the problems that have been with us for decades um and, and, and surrounding racial inequality. It's it's a huge concern. Um and it's
1: And at this point we have a lot of states to look to that right. have made mistakes. Mm-hmm. There's a little less leeway to make these big fuck ups. Mm-hmm. You know, in Jersey, they're surrounded. They can ask California, yeah. they can ask yeah. Colorado, they can ask Oregon. Yo, what didn't work? What did? It's, you know, there are ways to do this. And I came from, I come from progressive public education where we were in a place where if you're not asking for help, you're not doing it right. And until people come to that sense where like, you don't know everything, ask for help when you need it and listen to other people's perspectives. You know, Um, I think it's gonna take a lot of us as Americans getting on the same page as far as truth. Because when, when I'm talked down in a meeting, because what I said is medicine, um, you know, they're saying leads to murders and, and death. So there's clearly a big disconnect and it's generational and socioeconomic and all of those things. But um, you know, I, I do find solace in the fact that most Americans, you know, not looking at our leaders most American people mm-hmm. don't find yeah defensive. You know, most people are like, well, I don't, I don't, if they don't use it, they don't care. They're like, I don't care. if I don't use it, but you should, like, I don't care. And I feel that that is, you know, if we're at 75% of Americans, somewhere close to that, I think that's a great mm-hmm. thing. And Jersey, what, is that the 20, 25th or 26th yeah, state?
0: Twenty six, like I think. Really, that's
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, like that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's a lot. Yeah. Um. So it's really hard for for people to continue on this prohibition state. You know, I mean, like they're missing out on so much, and the fact that this plant can like clean soil, yeah. and and make stuff and heal bodies. It's just something that you know the way we've vilified it is you know we kind of don't deserve her anymore. yeah no yeah.
0: you're exactly right you're exactly right there's there's so much to undo uh, and so much damage that 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 the people that came before us did but i i do i do share your optimism when i when i think about you know the the number of people that accept it now is a normal thing um and and the way that so many people have come around especially in particular people that aren't that don't uh, use it, but are just like, yeah. you know, it's, it's your thing. Some people drink, I don't drink, you know, it, it, it's yeah. Yeah. So I, I am. And and I do think that you're right as far as we need to embrace the truth and, and have that discussion that that tends to be a difficult discussion though, right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <funny. What's> true, <laughs> like, right? Yeah.
0: And I, I think I had this thing where I'm, I'm really at the point where I'm like, no, no, no. Some people, sometimes they just need to be told, well, that's just incorrect and accept it, <laughs> but that's a whole nother Yeah. Number.
1: Yeah, that's a little tough these days. It's a
0: little hard. That's a little little hard. Uh, When you, um, I was uh, reading about when you work with clients, and you said, you know, your goals are always, you know, uh, don't get overwhelmed uh, and, and, and please know that there's information and education that's out there and readily available. And you're such a, uh, a bright spot for that with what you provide, uh, online. And when you come and do stuff like this and, and join us, we, we end up learning something all the time. Thank you for your time today, Christina. I'm such a fan. And, and I, I'm so uh, humbled by you being here today.
1: Thank you so much. I am humbled by being here. This is just a really enjoyable conversation, a real delight. I'm so happy that we're seeing each other also. It's just such oh. a nice thing. And I really appreciate oh. you asking me to be here. Thank we're you very much. We're for a
0: brick the canciers our guest today on Significant. We're going to see you next time from Delaware, Delaware, Delaware. Bye-bye now.